Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another Leadership Masterclass. And I'm quite excited about having a chat with this guest today. I make no secret of it. She's one of the people whose brain I have the most utmost respect for. Every time we go for lunch or we chat about work or we bump into each other at events, it's always challenging and interesting to have a chat with her. On top of that, she's a brilliant leader and entrepreneur. She founded her own startup and now exited it, incorporating it in a bigger organization. She's now the group product manager of StaffBase. And please give a warm welcome to my guest, Sarah Manes. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. I'm very happy to be here, Eduardo. It's a pleasure <laughs> and an honor. Lovely, lovely. And let's just get right into it because um, I give a bit of intro already, um, but I want to dig a deep, bit deeper into that because you have a very unique and interesting profile because you went from funding your own thing and being an entrepreneur and a successful one and successfully executing your startup and now going to from that world to managing people within an established structure, which is probably the case for most of our listeners. Now, what would be your biggest learning in that respect? So um, not everyone has had the opportunity to have and shoulder so much responsibility as you've had. Um, how has that influenced your way of leading, your way of managing others? And what is something that entrepreneurship gave you that you suggest someone else that is not an entrepreneur or hasn't been could gain a lot from? Oh, wow. Fair enough. Uh, it's a good question. Uh, definitely not an easy one because there's a couple of things, especially what entrepreneurship okay. teaches you. It's just a very long list. Let's <laughs> but, give a couple um, then. <laughs> um, I think, well, when it comes to, to leadership per se, um, something that I learned, especially in the early days of entrepreneurship, um, is this this whole topic of letting go uh, and and basically giving people responsibilities, letting them you know, take on their tasks themselves. Um, because obviously, as an entrepreneur in the early stages, you don't have a choice, right? You need other people to help you to move fast, to uh, to get things done. Um, and at the beginning, I remember that was quite a challenge uh, because obviously, you know, you're doing your own thing. You want to control everything. You want to make sure that it's right. Um, but I think like having to do this, like really having to say like, okay, whatever, I'm sure you're going to get this right. Let's just move ahead. Um, it's also very helpful in an established context because basically what I can do right now is I can tell people, look, you know what you're doing. You've been hired for this job. You've probably been doing it for quite a while. Who am I to tell you how to do it? I'm not going to control you. You can do your own thing and we check in. So I think going from, I would say, like a more of a manager position into a position of pure leadership where you, I would say, probably coach in and I, I put it like this because obviously coaching has a lot of facets and it's just one one part of it. But basically helping people excel at their job, helping them, you know, get through challenges and, and overcoming any kind of obstacles they see is more my job right now than I would say telling them what to do. Because most of the time I'm obviously also in my position managing experts, um, young people, but people with experience um, where you can you can definitely see they know what they're doing. So they don't need me to tell them what to do and how to do it. They basically just need me to help them, you know, navigate through difficult times or navigate through uh, the mass of things that they need to master every day. Um, so I think that's something that I learned early on in entrepreneurship and that helped me the most also now for my, my leadership position. 
that's quite interesting. And quite honestly, it was not an answer I, I was expecting. I mean, I like it. Um, and it's quite surprising in a way because um, this exactly what you've described is something that I face a lot. Whenever I work with organizations, I work with leaders or even one-to-one coaching, um, what I notice is that people that grow up professionally and step up into management positions from in let's say an established structure from within uh, they have this tendency of um, I don't want to say micromanaging exactly because it's not the case but let's say they have less of an ability or less of a drive to let go and let people figure it out it's more about keeping control and making sure that things are done but not only that, making also sure that they are done the way they want them done. So not only mm-hmm. control on getting the, you know, reaching the goals, but making sure that the process is also fine, which uh, to me personally make no, makes no sense. Because, well, who cares that if you want to do everything uh, working two days in a row, 40 hours nonstop, and I get it done. Sure, it might not be healthy for you, but... If that's your way of working, great. So yeah, quite quite an interesting thing, and interesting that you that you realize this early on, as you say, because maybe you have. Yeah, it's probably uh, it's probably also because of my my background. I mean, I've been working in HR and talent management, and mostly leadership development in a corporate before, right before I did my own startup. Mm. Um, and exactly what you describe is what I saw there as well, and probably what the leadership person I would have become, right, if I wouldn't have had that chance of doing it in entrepreneurship Um, because I think a lot of people when you come from this context it's very important that you know you you take this responsibility and you need to make sure that goals are being achieved in the end Um, and you have more time and more framework that basically most of the time in I would say established structures you would have right so you would have that okay people everyone this is what we do this is what we're going to achieve and this is how we do it so you really go into it with this mind frame um, because you know that if you're not doing it this way, if you're not like getting to your goals or your results, then someone else from the top is going to like, why didn't you do this? Why did you do it like that? Why didn't you control your people? I think it's really like a, an, a framework that dripples down for the entire organization. If you're at the top, which you are as a founder, right? Um, you don't have that. You don't have that pressure and you only the pressure that you have is time. There's pressure from customers, obviously. There's pressure from different stakeholders. But you are the one that's responsible and you're the one deciding. So I think it's a bit easier in that context to establish this kind of leadership. Uh, so I know where it comes from. But also all of those managers or leaders that I've seen in organizations that don't do it are way more successful at getting to their results rather than the ones micromanaging or, or controlling a bit more. But I, I can understand where it comes from, for sure. Well. Uh- Let's explore this a bit more because I've, uh, first of all, I agree with you all the way. It's uh, that's a no-brainer. Um, but what you said last, um, the fact that managers that do micromanage and control all the process tend to be less successful than people that um, manage to have this kind of coaching approach to leadership. But we also said that there is indeed a tendency from within an organization to grow into this kind of. I'm just going to group everything under the old style management umbrella. So for someone who is just stepping up into management and doesn't want to necessarily be labeled as that, 
what do you think would be an interesting way to go? What would be um, a tool, a system, a mindset or a ritual that would help them out in that sense? Oh, that's a good one. I think it's it's the toughest time, right? Like the first time you step into a leadership position, the first time oh, yes. you have direct reports. It's so tough. Um, it's so tough, especially because it challenges yourself all the time. Uh, you know, you, you see reflections of what you like, what you like in yourself, what you like in others, and you have to deal with it. So you're confronted a lot with like potential conflict. Um, so what I what I think is very important and I wouldn't necessarily only say that to people that are first-time leaders, um, but anyone, if you're coming into a new position, um, we have the tendency to try to straight ahead, dive into it, getting things done, taking control, right? That's that's our regular feeling of, okay, I, I need to be in charge because that's what everyone expects from me. And that's kind of true. Obviously, you know, if, if, you, uh, if you get a new manager, you're watching them, you're trying to figure out how they work, what they do. Um, but I personally feel like, it's, it's more important to take your time. Take your time for a couple of weeks um, talking to people, understanding people, understanding structures, understanding how everyone works, understanding how they individually work. Um, because that's also something like one of my biggest learnings that I had as a young leader was figuring out that there's no one leadership style. You know, I had this in my mind of like, oh, this is a good leadership style and it fits me very well. And then I had so many diverse different people that I work with. And it didn't work for everyone. You know, some people like to have more guidance. Some people like to be more free and creative. And you have to kind of adapt to who you're working with. So I would always suggest try to take your time. If you're jumping into a new position, if you're doing this for the first time, try to talk to as many people as you can from your direct reports as well to your to managers. Try to understand what expectations are. Try to understand is it really that important to know, you know, how you do things and how you get to a result, or is it actually the results that matter? Um, and basically taking a lot of time understanding these probably relationship setups and, and ways of working that people have. Um, because I think in the end that will, that will bring you a lot of speed and you'll be much faster if you understand these, um, well, these setups in an organization. Definitely. And thank you. And I'm just going to go right ahead because what you said right now, um, prompted me to think about other a topic I also wanted to discuss about, which is the general culture that you encounter in an organization and your role as a manager in there. And what you said about, you know, taking the time to meet everyone, to talk to everyone, to see how people react and uh, what your relationship is going to be, is going exactly into that direction. Because right now, and especially right now, we're talking about, about psychological safety, mental health at large and part of it does depend on the general organizational culture that you're in and i mean as a manager you don't have full control about everything unless it's your own organization startup you want to call it but you do have a lot of influence and a lot of control um, when it comes to what's happening around your team and what environment you create with your team so in your experience, maybe something you've personally experienced or you've seen happening around organizations you've been dealing with, um, does that does the role of a manager really have an impact with when the organizational culture isn't a healthy one? Can a manager really make a change? And how, in if there is a general rule, perhaps? 
Yeah, definitely. I think the manager is the is the one turning point that you have in every team. Um, it doesn't matter if you have a great culture that's very open uh, towards these topics in general and offers a lot of benefits. If you don't have a manager that really lives these values, you will definitely see that that people in that team are less happy, less healthy, etc. Um, personally, something that I um, and I, I have the the wonderful luxury of having an agile coach working with me in the team, uh, and we both have this kind of rule of like living the standard. Uh, so obviously, like if we feel like we're under the weather in general, or we're just ha not having a good day, we talk about it. Uh, we talk about it very openly with the team. We share this. Um, I think right now is a perfect example, right? So we have rising um, COVID numbers in Germany, in Berlin, um, and there's a team event planned. So basically, the question is like, oh, are we going to go ahead as we planned it and, and meet in person? Um, what are we going to do? And and we basically ended up saying, you know, everyone can decide for themselves. You can feel, you know, fine with it. And if you don't feel fine with it, that's completely fine. And to be honest, I was the one that took the first step and said, like, look, people, I don't feel comfortable right now meeting too many people in public. Um, so I'll stay off for part of the event i'll join for another part uh, we reorganized everything to be online and i thought it was very important to make that call in front of everyone and say like look i as a manager say it is okay i personally say i don't feel comfortable so you can feel it's not comfortable and you don't have to feel like oh i have to be present right and i have to do this um, and i think that's very important that you have to have that role um, and in order to obviously make a real change this has to be continuous right cannot be like once or twice you have to bring this up again and again um, and to really make a change obviously in an organization you'd have to share this you'd have to share it with your peers uh, and say like hey look how are you dealing with this how are you encouraging your people to you know live up to these topics talk about mental health um, so we we have a quite quite some managers that try to you know write a post on our on our um, internet our app where people can, you know, just share thoughts. And it's like, look, I, it's been a tough year. Like I had some challenges and I want to share. Uh, and it's been, it's it's shown a lot of empathy towards everyone in the company. And it started a bit of a wave. Like people started to express how they feel. And I think that really helped everyone to, to say like, okay, I feel comfortable speaking up if I have a problem. Um, and I've, I've heard in like, you know, a bit more corporate context, like, yeah, well, but then people will use this as an excuse to slack or, you know, take more time off or whatever else. And I can assure you it's the opposite. It's the opposite of that because people feel like they're safe. They can talk about things and they feel much more comfortable. So they're much more, you know, fine the way they work and they'll take care of themselves, which means they're less sick. And if they're sick, they recover much more faster because obviously, uh, you know, they take the time and they take it early on uh, and they feel it's fine. So when it comes to sick days, we have really, really low sick day number because people are, you know, they sometimes probably take half a day off because they have a headache. But that's it. They're not off for a week. Um, so I think that's that's one of the most important points, like bringing, bringing up awareness and also living up to it and showing even your own little, you know, problems that everyone has. So um, I think that's that's been very helpful for everyone. It's incredible because right now, as you were speaking, um, let's say I have a certain age, I'm almost 40, so I've been educated in management and leadership uh, in university and in practice in the past, you know, 20 years or so. And it's interesting because while I do agree wholeheartedly with everything that you're saying, uh, I noticed that there is a part of me of my brain, the, not a part that I particularly like or enjoy, to be honest. Um, that has 
that is kind of contrasting this it, because it's what's been educated in 20 years of leadership, of management, of being led by example by other people who did not think this way. So um, what I'm trying to get at is that it's a practical example I'm experiencing right now of how difficult an approach like this may be for someone, but difficult as it is, um, there are results. And you can, you've can you shared wonderful results in terms of experience, like taking half a day off now because you've have a, you have a headache is still better for the company, the numbers, the strategy aspect than uh, not taking half a day off now and taking two weeks off in a month because you're completely burned out it makes a difference and you can use wonderful buzzwords like resilience or performance and all that but what matters is the the human component and yeah i wholeheartedly agree with that thank you and there is one last question i wanna i think i've abused your time almost enough right now but uh there is one last question i want to ask you and it's about how you feel about being a woman in leadership because you have had or you're having a wonderfully successful career and i'm pretty sure you can be an example of leadership and of entrepreneurship of management of professional that other people may want to look up to especially women so as looking back into your experience is there any specific piece of advice that you could see giving yourself 20 years ago or someone else in that would be looking up to you and wanting to have a career as successful as you're having oh wow yeah there's a there's a few i guess um i think one important one that was brought to my attention recently um is one of the ones that i tend to forget sometimes but i think it's very important it's the one that you have to just stay yourself don't try to be a man that's the first rule i have like don't try to be you know assertive etc it backlashes it, it doesn't work um and I feel like a lot of women still today, um, and, you know, I'm, same as you, like my education and management is also like a good 10 to 15 years back. Um, and it was this like, you know, this is what our image is of a good leader. It's male, it's assertive, it's strong, you know, and obviously most, most women have a different tendency. And if we are assertive or goal getters, you know, we're not seen as, um, you know, that, that strong personality, but, um, well, I'm not going to use the word, but, you know, a very strong female word <laughs> that you would probably use. Like. Um, so that's that's something that I've that I've realized and it normally backlashes. Um, so most of the time I really try to be myself. I try to be the person that I am. Um, and that worked out well for me. The best advice that I think I would give myself, um, especially looking back at my my entrepreneurship career, is definitely have a good mentorship or a good network of women that support you. Not necessarily just women. It can be men as well, obviously. Um, but I have really good experiences with having strong people around me um, that help me reflect. Because a lot of times, obviously, there's like situations where I felt I was treated entirely unfairly. It was not cool. I was just like, oh, my God, this is happening to me. And why? And how can I deal with this? And it was so helpful to have someone on my side, and I still have that today, whom I would just call and say, like, look, how can you help me? Like, how can I think about this? And what am I supposed to do? A lot of times, you know, it doesn't necessarily help the situation because the situation stays unfair. Um, especially, you know, women, we have to face some challenges that men's, men just don't have. Um, especially right now, I'm also getting into this uh, age where a lot of my friends are pregnant or have children. 
and it has such crazy effects on their careers. And I'm just like, this, this cannot be true, right? I mean, we're in the 21st century and we're just like talking about, you know, women having negative effects on their careers because they're having children. Hello, right? And, and like setups like that, or are we being underestimated or we're not being heard and, you know, our leadership style is not taken seriously and all of these things. So there's like a lot of, um, of topics, but it's, it's always easier to talk to people about it, hear their experiences and you can frame it. And what I would always like to see is, especially when you're facing a situation like that, obviously deal with it in the way that brings you forward to your goals, that helps you get, get on. And at the same time, try to make a change, right? Try to give people reflection because something I also learned most of the time, especially men, sorry, Eduardo, it's especially okay. men, don't, just don't see it, right? It's not that they're trying to undermine us or keeping women down. It's just, you know, it's always been different. So we're all very used to it. And men, women as well sometimes. So we're just very used to the way things are done. Uh, and sometimes it just helps to be like, look, you know, this just happened to me and I want to share it with you. Um, so funnily enough, uh, and as you know, we're organizing an empowerment day um, at, uh, at Staffbase right now for all of the women and men in our company to bring awareness to the topic and help everyone just deal with it and, and see like, oh, I didn't even know that this was happening, right? Um, and I think this is very important that you just keep talking about it. And if you have your mentorship and network, that definitely helps. So that's definitely an advice I would give anyone uh, who wants to have a leadership career. Um, stick to yourselves, be yourselves, and then just try to make a change bit by bit, just helping people understand where we have challenges and how we can maybe even overcome them. I don't have anything to add. Thank you. This has been enlightening and amazing. Thank you so much for sharing this with us and with me. Oh, it's been great fun. Thank you, Eduardo, for having me. <laughs> Sarah, thank you for, so much for sharing this experience with me and with us. And thank you so much for being such a great guest on this podcast. It's been amazing. And it's I say it anytime we have a chat, whether it's in private or in public right now, it's always lovely and enlightening to talk to you. And Thank you and have a good rest of the day. And everyone else, thank, thank you for listening. <laughs> have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.